What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim, and we are back with another dope episode of Starve Talk. I always call it dope because I don't get nothing but dope people. <laughs> this is no exception. Listen, y'all, if you know me, if you follow me, you know I love ball. I played ball when I was younger. Now I'm pushing this young boy of mine. <laughs> he Look, my son is such a basketball head, man. I, I never even imagined to you know see something like that. So, you know, I met him you know, going to a camp with my son and he has some amazing things going. Y'all know I do everything business. I am a full-time, you know, author, writing books about business. I've been in business for the last 20 plus years. So when I saw what this brother was doing, I said, I got to talk to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know his story, didn't know his struggle, but I know if he's an entrepreneur, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but what I did see is something unique that he created and I saw him coming at his business in a different way. And I definitely don't want to do things dry and do the same thing everybody else is doing. So when I saw what he was doing, I said, you know, um, how can we talk? How can you, I get you on my platform? And he humbly accepted. So I really appreciate you AP for coming on. Thank you so much. Listen, bro, let's start from the beginning, man. You, you, you've been hooping all your life, man. <laughs> when all my life, you? man. My, my dad was my first coach um, back when I was nine, 10 years old and just kind of stuck with it. Uh, I'm from Orange County, California, originally. Not necessarily a basketball hub for those of you guys uh, who don't know. You know what I'm saying? When people talk about California basketball, it's either Bay Area or, you know, Los Angeles. So yeah. I was in Orange County, which is kind of the outskirts of that area when it comes to basketball. So went to a small school in Anaheim, uh, played well. But like I said, we didn't get the attention. We didn't get the looks. Um, I actually didn't play AAU ball until like my senior year, going into my senior year. Nowadays, you hear somebody say that, you're like, you're crazy, right? But <laughs> but when I played, like AAU was still kind of booming, still still coming up, um, especially out of Orange County. We just didn't have like that kind of access to to talent and teams and tournaments like that. So we had, you know, driving to L.A., you know, every weekend for four hour practices, you know, my senior year just to get my game right. Um so did that in high school. I'm kind of an undersized. Played the post in high school, actually. I'm about six two, six three on, on a good day, and I played the post <laughs> just because that's what what it was out there. What we know? did back in those days. Yeah, you know, I was athletic. I could kind of do everything. So you know, obviously, I, I dreamed of playing Division One and playing in the NCAA tournament. And um, you know, I didn't get the looks I wanted to get recruiting wise. So I ended up going to junior college. Um, went to Fullerton Junior College. Best thing I could have done. Had a coach who completely changed my game and revamped it. Became a, a shooting sniper for the most part. So I went from playing post to just becoming a straight like three ball shooter. Um, got a lot of recruitment going out of junior college. With people, don't be afraid to go that junior college route. I know a lot of people nowadays are like, ah, if I don't get you know my scholarship offer, I'm gonna go to prep school, whatever. But Hey, yeah. go to junior college. You're playing against some grown men. Um, usually I was 17 when I graduated high school. You know, some guys on my team were 25, 26, still trying to make it. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of, you know, helps build character and, you know, the competitiveness where everybody's on that grind of, you know, trying to get this scholarship. So um, I was fortunate enough. I played there two years, sat out my first year, kind of changing my game. And I gray shirted. For those of you who don't know what gray shirting is, it's going to school part-time. It's like being a red shirt, basically. You go there full-time, you're on the team, you practice, you don't play in games. I was a gray shirt, meaning I went to school part-time um, so I could still have that eligibility in case I needed the red shirt for whatever reason in the future. Um, and with that said, when I was in junior college, you know, I did go to school full-time. I did uh, work also, and I played basketball. Wow. And, you know, twice, a, you know, twice a week, I'm putting up 30 points. So, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was hard. Like I hear people talk about the grind, but I mean, yeah, I went to school, worked, practiced. I go straight from school. Then I go to work. Then I have a game that night. Um, so it was a grind. It was a grind. And I, I was fortunate enough to, you know, get a scholarship to University of Pacific in Northern California, um, Big West at the time with, uh, you know, Long Beach State, Fullerton, Santa Barbara, like those schools. Uh, while I was there, I didn't play much at all. Our team was really, really good. We were, over my junior year, we were uh, 22nd in the nation, which was kind of unheard of for a small school mid-major. My senior year, we were 15th in the nation. You know, went to the second round of the tournament both times, school nobody ever really heard of. Um, but we killed it. We went 17-1 and my first year in conference and 18-0 and my second year. Um, 
So we we did really well. I didn't play a lot, but the experience I got was like no other because I'm playing against, you know, some of the best guys in the country on a daily basis, just working, yeah. working, working, grinding. And uh, luckily, um, I uh, played hard. Pra- practice was my game because I didn't play that much. So every day in practice was like a game to me. So, uh, you know, going up against those guys, you know. Oh, I want to get to that. I want to get to that because yeah. I mean, you're, you're dropping some real nuggets through, through your through your journey. One when I when I want to get back to real fast because I don't want to lose my train of thought. Yeah, you said. Um, I just watched an interview with Nick Cannon and uh-huh. he was on um Earn Your Leisure. You familiar with Earn Your Leisure? Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. And he said something. It was just a soundbite, but it, it to me, I, it sent me to a whole another space because I was really pissed off about it. To be honest. Uh huh. He said it's not worth it to network. Really, I don't. Nick Cannon said this. Yeah. And now I, I brought this up because you said you didn't get the looks. Even though y'all had a great team, y'all did well in, in, in high school, but you didn't get the looks. So imagine you being doing the same thing in L.A. where you can get the looks. Yeah, right. Imagine right. you doing that in the Bay Area where you can get the looks. Right, right. Talk to people about how important it is. And we're going to get to the business side of it, but yeah. this is just on the basketball side of being able to network, brush shoulders, be in the right place to get a certain kind of exposure, even in sports. It's everything. Um, It's everything, especially with this basketball game. It's who you know. Even my junior college I went to, like we didn't really win a lot, but my coach knew everybody. And uh, he was was very familiar with that and just making the right people, being the right contacts and uh, just getting yourself out there and getting those looks. It's the most important thing forever because people aren't going to know until you, you know, sometimes you got to put that foot forward and, and take it upon yourself to go network. Um, kind of jumping forward after college, I, that's how I found my agents. I was just going everywhere, emailing, sending people film just nonstop because I didn't play. So I had to like, you know, make a resume playing in summer leagues and semi-pro leagues and whatnot. So wow. it's huge to get a network. Yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, that's, that's so major. And, and the funny thing, I've never heard that because me playing ball, I, my family, we talk about it all the time. I said, we did very good, well, but we had sucky coaching staff, especially yeah. our head coach, because they, they didn't send no video for nobody. Right. They Same didn't do anything yeah. for us, you know. Um, and I was telling one time, I did a video, I was saying that I, I went, I didn't play with him, but I, I played against the guy. He he was the best shooter in the state of New Jersey, where I'm from. Yeah. And he still didn't go D1. Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's hard. I was like, that's it's a, D1. that's... Look, you in it, we, but you going to an inner city school. Wasn't that a prep school? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because I went to school around St. Benedict's Prep with um with uh what's that? What's my man name? Um, the one who missed the shot or ran the wrong way with LeBron. Um oh J.R. Smith. J.R. Yep, Smith, yep. he went yeah, to that yeah, school. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Danny Hurley, who's going to who just going to the final four, he used to coach there at one point. Okay, okay, yep, you know, yep. Yeah, his dad, St. Anthony's right over the bridge, you yeah. know, Seton Hall Prep. Um, yeah, yeah, St. Patrick's, all that's in, right in my area. But we mm-hmm. going, we're going to um, public schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they come into my area, they're looking for those schools. Right now, you had a kid who was the best shooter in the in the state, mm-hmm. and a public school didn't go to D one when he was killing the kids there. So, yeah. like the exposure, the networking is everything. And I was so disappointed at a lot of these people who actually make it. No matter what they're doing, Nick Cannon is not a basketball player. But no matter what they're doing, they give back false information. Yeah, to the yeah. people who are trying to make it. What, what do you you see that a lot with people as a basketball? I do, player? I do. I see a lot of of misguided people uh, in that sense. Um, but networking, I, I can't stress that enough, especially business wise. Being being something new, I know we're going to jump to that later. But yeah. basketball wise, I mean, it's 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 who you know. I mean, I, there were people that were better than me that didn't get scholarships, without a doubt. Um, but me, one thing about me is like, I wasn't afraid to talk to people. I played hard and I wasn't afraid of the work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some people are very, very talented and don't want to put the extra work in. Me, I, I knew that that's what it took to get that kind of exposure and those kind of looks because I was coming from an area that nobody, even to this day, when I say what school I went to or where I played at, especially coming <laughs> up as a pro, we were like Orange County. What? Yeah. Like ball out of there. So it happened my entire career playing basketball. So like I always had to you know, kind of prove people wrong and let them know that we do got hoopers out there, but you know, it's just hard to get that look. Let's let's talk about, you know, the fact that the emotional side of it, you know, yeah. because coming out of high school, you want to play ball, you're not getting the look, you choose to go to JUCO. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you felt the way you feel now about it, like you're saying you don't don't be afraid to go, but did you feel like you were going, you know, like you feel bad about going to JUCO when you was first going? Um 
you know what? A little bit, but I didn't let that stop me. I had a feeling that I was good enough to reach my goal. And I knew like, okay, this is just, you know, there's more than one route to get there. It's, it doesn't have to be, you know, high school, you know, top 25 player division one scholarship. It doesn't have to be that. It could be high school, prep school, college. It could be high school, prep school, JUCO college, high school. Maybe you go to a D2 and you hit the transfer portal, then your D portal, your D1. For me, my route was go to junior college you know, get my game right, change a little bit, tweak it, get that hunger and work ethic in. And then I got a lot of looks because people saw the improvement that I made within those couple of years and the potential I had. And just the fact that I, I liked working hard, didn't mind it. Um, and I love competing. So I, you know, just don't, I have to stress that to people a lot too. Like there's more than one way to get there if you really want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, reading your resume and seeing and talking to you, you know, Nobody will believe that path led to actually playing professional ball. So exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You, you did. You played professional ball. So it's a two part class. I want to talk about that part, like just the transition to playing professional ball, and then we. I want to go forward into, like, it doesn't have to be NBA for it to be professional. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. going, what was it like when your when your eyes was open? At what point was your eyes open? Like, oh, I can still get a check even if I don't go to the NBA. That was a weird path for me as well, actually, because I told you I didn't play much in college at all, but I worked hard. We were a good team, so we had scouts in our practices all the time. So I graduated, and I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, so I'm just kind of staying in shape and whatnot, and then I get a call from my roommate, teammate, good friend of mine, and he's like, yo, there's this uh, ABA team in San Jose. The coach remembers you from practice. Why don't you come on out? And I'm like, for real? Um, so I went, you know, went to tryouts. I went to vet camp was there maybe a month or two. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, I can do this. I got cut, you know, I got cut, you know, whatever, but I was like, I can play. I just, I didn't think I was prepared enough, but once I was out there and saw the guys and see what it took, I'm like, I can do this. So that's when I kind of changed my mind for him again. It's like, okay, now where do I want to take this? It, you know, playing professionally for me was playing for a check, you know, no matter what it was. Yeah. You know, to me, that was that was a goal because um, coming from where I came from, it just never happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah. very few people, especially out, out of my high school. I don't know if anybody ever did, but it was so it was so rare to do that. So for me to get that opportunity to travel and see things and and, you know, just to get played off of shooting, you know, baskets. So I was like, let's do it. So <laughs> that, that motivated me more than anything. Um, I don't for me, like I was realistic, too, though. I knew my size you know, not having the, the big resume. I knew NBA was a real far shot, but if I could make a living for a couple, you know, years, whatever, um, just playing basketball and networking and meeting people and, and knowing that basketball is going to lead me to something else. I kind of knew that as well going into it. Just That's why every team I was ever on, I never burned my bridges. I made friends with everybody, coaches, all that, um, knowing that that would lead to something else. But the fun transition, like I said, it was, it was a rare route. Um, but it was something that, like, once I got into it, I really saw myself taking a liking to it. Yeah, man, it's it's just crazy because, um, I know playing ball myself, I, all I remember is just NBA, 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 right? <laughs> anything else, and you know, I remember having an opportunity to. I, well, I was I got kicked out of school, so I didn't play my senior year, but I could have stayed back, so mm -hmm. I could just play the set out that year that I stayed back. And then play that next year, but I, I didn't want to do any more school. I would have done it if yeah. I'd have known that I still could have had my basketball career going. Right, right. But they didn't tell us now. So have you seen any differences in the guidance when it comes to the, the students coming out of high school now? Yeah, it, it's it's twofold. For me, I had no like guidance that I didn't know anybody that had gotten recruited. So nobody like I went on my first visit to the school I went to and I committed the next day because I didn't know like <laughs> I can take five visits. I didn't know the game, right? Yeah. Um, as a pro, I didn't know about agents and having to build a resume. I was talking to somebody about this last night um, and saying that a lot of my teammates came out of college, played overseas, made a ton of money. Me, I'm thinking, OK, I should do the same thing. So I didn't play for anything less than a certain amount of money, which, you know, kicked me in the butt because I you know, realized I got to build my resume. And, you know, that's how you make more money. You start off low and work your way up. Yeah. Um, nowadays, it's weird because the guidance, I feel like a lot of coaches right now, um in the AAU game in the circuit are more for trying to get players um in better situations to help their own programs I feel like it's a lot more selfish now I really don't see coaches um really out there to 
for players' best interest. It's more of, okay, we have this player on our team. Having his name builds my program, my reputation. I see a lot of that, which is disheartening. That's why so many AAU teams are popping up. And, you know, a lot of these coaches are using the kids just to try to build up their program. You said a mouthful with the AAU teams popping up because I know in Jersey we had about a good three, maybe four in the whole state. Yeah. When I was in oh, yeah. <laughs> so right. and Jersey's nowhere near like the size of um um I mean um California, but it just just to tell you like you had the I think we had three legit legit ones and then mm-hmm. we had one with some which is actually dope now, um a brother from the hood who had um created one. And he's the guy who did the um. I still I always forget the name of that documentary that came out recently with um LeBron James. He um did it out of New Jersey. Oh, cool. Um, Central High School was the coach. His name is Sean McCray. I can't remember the the name of the, the um documentary, but he mm-hmm. started one in '97 in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, but that was it. But the other ones was just you know it was like three in a whole state. Now, yeah. like, it's, I just now. saw dads getting pissed off and saying, you know, I'm going to create my own team. I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of, I want to put my kid in a good situation. Let me go find some kids to prop up my son or whoever to play with them. And there's not really like, when I played in high school, being on an AAU team like meant something because yes. only like Hoopers knew about it. And, you know, you go play all over the country. Nowadays, it's more of let's just put a team together so we can play every, you know, weekend and give kids something to do. It doesn't have, like, the esteem that it used to have. Where, oh, you're on the AAU team? Oh, cool. Who are you with? And you could, you know, name drop all these people that are getting scholarships. Now it's like there's so many within every city like this. It's so watered down. Yeah, I I, I see that. I see that. So, tell you know, um, you went from the ABA, what was the IBL? I played in the ABA IBL, WCBL, <laughs> like every letter you can think of. Yeah, tell players. us what those are. Tell, uh, let us know what so those the ABA, are. People are probably most familiar with the ABA. It's the mm-hmm. same ABA with the red, white, and blue ball yeah, exactly. that you heard about back in the day. Um, yeah. Same ABA. Um, I love the ABA because I like the rules they had. It was a little different than the NBA. Um, shot clock was a little, I think it was 22 or something crazy like that. We had a rule called the 3D rule where if you steal it in the backcourt, a two is worth three, a three is worth four. So the game was real fast paced. Um, so I played for a team in Alabama called the Alabama Bounce, um, Southern Alabama Bounce. I played in San Jose for the San Jose Sky Rockets, um, a couple of team in Long Beach for a little bit, uh, just kind of all over. And then I played, that was the ABA. Then I played in a league called the IBL, um, which is, my team was based out of Santa Barbara. That's the International Basketball League. That was probably my funnest time I had playing semi-pro. Um, it was a spring league, so it was about from uh, April-ish to June-ish. But we had a lot of really good players in there. Um, I played with a lot of NBA guys on my team um, that I thought, you know, coming out of Orange County, I would never play against guys like this. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So I got to do that. And I played well enough in that league to where they had, like, a tour team that they took to China. So it was, the, the league was about 37 teams, and I was selected to represent the league um in china so we went on a tour for a couple weeks which was really really fun maybe a couple months maybe two months or so um so i got to do that um playing the wcbl it was fun man it was fun it was hard like uh the travel was something i couldn't get used to um because here you can drive 20 minutes to go to an airport there it was two hour train one hour bus ride to the airport fly two hours land play leave and do the same thing the next day um and it was crazy. It was, we went all over China, just nonstop bus, train, plane, all over the, all over the, um, the country. Um, and, you know, I didn't really eat you know, Chinese food too much. So I was struggling <laughs> with, I was struggling just to have energy. I could imagine, man. It was hard, man. It was hard. But I got to go back again um, in another league, another tour team. Um, played better, but same situation. It's just the travel is brutal there. Um and we're playing like every other night and, you know, stacked against us. Everybody wants to see the Chinese team beat the Americans, right? So, you know, the refs aren't for us and all that stuff. A lot of crazy stories about playing over there. And, you know, one time we've gotten a huge, like almost a huge brawl. The military had to rush out on the court, rush us out of there. It was, it was crazy, but <laughs> got to do it. So that was the West Coast Basketball League, played in Santa Barbara there. Um, I went to vet camp for the D League, which is called G League now, yeah. uh, for the Anaheim team, which was the Anaheim Arsenal, um, the Lakers G League team, the uh, Defenders, which was cool because we got to practice with the Lakers practice. That that was pretty awesome. Another thing that I thought I would you know never get to do, right? I'm practicing with the Lakers practice. 
And then um, the Bakersfield Gym was another team that I was kind of in vet camp with and didn't really make it, but got to see all of it, you know? Yeah. I, I was yeah. bouncing it all over. And the, the hardest part about it is, which I tell a lot of people is you just always have to be ready. You never know when you're going to get yeah. your call from your agent saying, hey, I need you to be here. Um, I played in a game. I went to Singapore one time. Uh, my, my agent, whatever, hit me on a Wednesday. He's like, can you go to Singapore, you know, by Friday? I'm like, sure. Dropped everything, put my job, and I was out just to play in two games. <laughs> wow. Stop. Listen, man. But that, you got to do it, right? Yeah, you got to tell that. These stories have to be told, man, because yeah. it's just – everybody is just selling a dream and they just got yeah. beginning and end. And a lot of people are not giving that stuff that's going on in the middle, which really is needed. You know, it's really, yeah. that's the a huge part. misconception I think is people think playing overseas, you're making all kinds of money. That's not true at all. Only the top divisions and countries are actually making enough money where you could actually save, come back home, maybe don't have to work. Everybody else, they'll play overseas, then they'll come back and have to find another league to play in and then try to find another job the next year. It's constant, constant. You never know what country you're going to be in, not how much you're going to make. It's a grind. And people don't know when you play overseas, it's not like, okay, I play in Spain. It's like you play in Spain, but there's like five different divisions. Yeah. Um, and you're making like, you know, if you're, if you're not in one of the top two divisions, then you're not making any money at all. You're making just enough to get by. But you come home, you got to work. You got That's why a lot of us are trainers in the offseason. We'll go play. Then we got to come back and train because we got to make money somehow, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But then you're younger, so you're probably tricking off the money you have anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> so do you see anything different? Like, has it has it gotten better since your time? It's more competitive. These kids are good, man. These kids are really, really good just because – they have trainers like it's my generation training the younger generation so i know what it takes to get there and there's a lot of us who are like okay here's what you got to do so even the training I, i've seen lately is just stuff that i've never seen before so kids are a lot better they're taking basketball more serious at an earlier age for sure um like i said i didn't play AAU till i was a senior but now kids will start you know fifth sixth seventh grade and play all year long Kids are like eating right now. I mean, I didn't have any kind of nutrition plan when I was in high school. Whatever, I ate, I ate Starburst and some Doritos and a soda. And exactly. Sprite and then run all day. Just go yeah, run. Yeah, now, now all kids have like protein shakes. They're like lifting weights, you know, and like have a trainer. So it's, it's that's why it's so competitive. You'll see these kids, a lot of kids have gotten a lot better. Um, so that's, that's probably the biggest change that I've seen. But it makes it more competitive because now the game is worldwide too. Like you're competing yeah. with, guys from all over the world you know my my college team we had uh shit, we had five international players on my team so i mean wow. which is a lot what about what about on the other side has it gotten any better as far as opportunities for these kids professionally for them to take basketball like make become a lifelong journey for them um i think it's harder now kids to go overseas because the the like if the international players have gotten so much better you don't necessarily need an American on your team you know what uh, I mean whereas before you're like we need this guy because he's so much better than everybody else we have in our country where now they're catching up so um it's hard in that sense because a lot of the international guys have just stepped their game up and you know but they've changed the rules you know when I was playing and some certain countries had a, a two foreigner per team rule. You know what I mean? I think they've kind of gotten away with that. And two foreigners mean usually an American. Yeah. Um, some countries, they wouldn't let uh, two Americans play on the same court at the same time. So it's like, you know, it's changed now. They've opened it up because they see how, um, you know, much money basketball generates and the entertainment purpose and value of it, too. So it's changed on, on both sides, I think. But it's, I think it's changed in a healthier way to where the people are getting more exposure. But the competitive side of it is is much harder nowadays yeah and obviously you saw um a shift um after you decided at what time i'll, I'll ask that question i'll move into your business at what when did you say i right, I'm, I'm done what at what age and what time you say i'm done i'm good i've done all i was going to do that was hard man that was hard because there was like a year or two where I thought I could play in the league, like legit. I'm, I'm playing with these guys in, you know, summer leagues. I'm working out with them. And I there wasn't much separation. It was more of, okay, as soon as my opportunity comes, I just got to go to the workout and kill it. Um, so there was like two years where I thought I was good enough. I don't know if everybody else thought that, but in my head, <laughs> I thought I was good enough. Um, I tore my ACL back in 09, maybe 2010. 
Um, and then rehabbing that was pretty tough. My game changed within that as well. Um, I, was, I would say I was a little more timid because of the way I hurt my knee. Like it was just a random pivot into a jump shot and blew my knee out. Like wow. something I've done a million times. So I think once that happened, I, I knew my body was kind of going. Um, but I was still playing like, you know, um, summer leagues and whatnot. But when it came to, you know, trying to get money and making a living off of it, um, that's when I was like, okay, maybe I need to let these younger guys. One thing that, that bothered me when I played coming up was the older guys that were in some in the in the semi-pro leagues who were in their 30s. I'm just like, man, you guys had your chance. Let me get on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was, <laughs> so when I became that age, I'm like, okay, I understand it. I'm still yeah. trying to chase it. But at the same time, there's these younger guys who were more hungry than me. And they come. By the time I, you know, I you know, I met my girlfriend, my wife at the time, wanted to settle down and whatnot. So I'm like, I gotta get a job and things like that. Life, life happened. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I totally understand. So at this point now, you you became an entrepreneur with the thing that you love. What when, when how how did that come about? How did that decision come about? Yeah, so like I said, when you when you're playing in the off season, you train kids, right? A lot of people, a lot of us train kids instead of getting a real job because it's you know fits your own schedule, you can still work out. So I actually had a, a nonprofit sports training business called um Baller for Life Sports Training which is still going on Huntington Beach, California. It's awesome. I also started a youth basketball league in the city I grew up in when I, I played at this park, you know, forever Central Park for everybody who's, you know, watching from Orange County. And uh, they took the league away after when I was uh, older. So when I, after I was playing, I said, let me bring this league back because kids in this area need a basketball league. I was shocked that they got rid of the league. So I actually brought the league back just to bring basketball back in the city, have kids, some kids, something to look forward to. Um, so I did that for about five years as well. So I was always into training and basketball and wanting to give back because it helped me so much um, in life. Um, naturally, I'm a shy person and, and things like that. But playing basketball, having to go speak at camps and ha having to be in situations that were out of my comfort zone, basketball helped me with that. So for me, I'm like, if I can just get these kids around it, you know, so they don't have to go to the pros or, you know, college, whatever. But if they could just be around it, meet some people grow some character, learn some skills that they could bring into their personal life or business life, whatever, um, I think that'd be beneficial. So that's kind of what kept me on the entrepreneurial role is just wanting to do something and give back to, you know, the way basketball gave to me, which led me into the app I have now, Hooper. Um, yeah, let's talk about Hooper. that. I think it's dope. Yeah. And, you know, going from basketball to tech. <laughs> yeah, which is a, is, that's a I jump. Mean, yeah, it's a big jump. It's a big jump. But <laughs> You know, it's something I think is needed, and I've said it before. Growing up, it was hard for me to to training was tough because I didn't have access to what other kids did. The LA kids, I didn't know how they were training, and you know how why were they so much better than me? I didn't know because I wasn't in that area. I couldn't see it. I didn't have access to it, um, and I think that's a big part of of basketball now. Is some kids are limited to what their resources are, meaning. Yeah. You're in a certain city, maybe you're the best in your city, but that's it. There's no, there's, there's nothing else. There's no way to see what other kids are doing, what other people are doing to improve their game. So me thinking of, okay, if I was a kid and I'm trying to improve my game and whatnot, how would I go about it these days? You know, social media is huge. So I'm like, hey, social media, there's so many different ways to see things and do things basketball wise. But what if there was just a social media app just for basketball and training? So if I'm a kid and I want to work out, I can just browse an app that shows all the drills and workouts I want to do, have it all in one place, create my own workouts, meet other people like me who are just want to, you know, hoop and are trying to get on and, um, you know, so and finding one place for that, you know what I mean? And I was kind of shocked to see that that hadn't been done yet because basketball community is so big. Um, but we need to, we need to like rally around us because basketball does so much for all of us. You know, a lot of us are into Instagram and posting our stuff there, but this app is okay. It's just for basketball players, guys who want to improve their game, trainers who want to, who want to network and get more clients, you know, coaches who want to, you know, share their experiences and things like that. It's for all three levels. So that's how I got into it. Um, it's the fact that it's tech it just seems kind of natural. It's new to me as well. So I'm still kind of finding my lane through it and how to, you know, market and get my name out there because there's so much competition. But I really feel it's something that's beneficial to the basketball community for sure. Yeah, no, I think it is because, and one is unselfish too, because a lot of times when you train, you want people just to get your training. You try to hold it to you. 
Yeah, actually right. created something where people can get other individuals training. So exactly, it's and it's not cool. fair to the kids. You know what I'm saying? To be like, you have to learn from me. It's like, nah, there's another way you can do this. And why should the kid be limited to just seeing what you have, right? Then you get this into the financial. Some kids, like for me, when I trained, I charge a lot. Like I wouldn't be able to afford me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but maybe now, now with this app, I can see other trainers and what they do and be like, oh, I like that. I like that. Borrow different drills, create my own workout from it. And now I don't necessarily need the trainer, but you know, there's no, there's no substitute for like live in-person sessions. So that's why trainers like the app too, because they can say, Hey, I can show you my page. You can see how I train people. And that'll make people want to come out and say, okay, I want to work with you. I see what you do. You're in my area. I'm going to, you know, sign up and work with you or your program or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's amazing. Tell tell us how to, you know, your, your transition, like when you, you know, building the whole process of you building the app, how was that? You know, it was like, it, we just launched in November, December, but it took about four or five years. Um, oh. It's been a process. A lot of people think you can just do it overnight, but I wasn't really sure how I wanted to do it. Say that. I wanted it to be done right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's something that hasn't necessarily been done before. And I want it to be something to where, okay, Anything basketball, you come to Hoover. That's why I think I love the name of it as well. But it was a long process. It was a lot of like drawing and like I go away from it for a month or two, come back to it, come up with a new idea. Then you have an idea, but putting that into to executing that idea, you know, might not work. You know, um, financials, coming up with the money for it. Um, how much is it going to cost? Um, a lot of these things start to hit you. And it's just like, do I want to do this still? Can I do it? Um and then, you know, I just kept kind of chipping away at it. I, I was in no rush to do it. You know, I have a full-time job still. So you know what I'm saying? So I have a full-time oh, job. Oh, this is great. This yeah, is great. This is what people job. need to hear, man. Full-time job, wife, two kids, like, you know, and then, you know, they go to sleep and I'm working on my business, right? So, I mean, yeah. it, it just doesn't stop. Um, but it's something I want to do. And it's something I, I truly think will help the basketball community. I use it myself. I would use it if I was a kid. Trainer, coach, it's great for collaborating, but... Like I said, it's just a lot of, you know, search, research, a lot of research, you know, other training apps, social media apps. Why do people go to these apps? Why do they, what keeps them coming back? Why, do, why is there so many different basketball training apps? They, it's all one trainer. Why do they, why are they doing it this way? You know, mm -hmm. seeing how fitness incorporates into basketball. There's so many different fitness apps. What if there was just one? You know what I mean? Then you could see all of them at once. And what really happened was, funny story is it was a, uh, it was during COVID, you know, where, or no, it wasn't during COVID, sorry, I was on paternity leave uh, for my for my first child. And uh, so I'm here at home and I want to work out. So I'm like, okay, let me figure out what I can do. So I'm going on different apps and I'm like, damn, I got to download an app to do cardio. I got to download a different app to do weight. <laughs> I got to download a different app for calisthenics. They're all trying to charge me. Shit, why, why can't I just find <laughs> one app that has everything? And that's yeah. kind of how this happened. And then fast forward, COVID hits and, um, you know, kids are calling me like, hey, coach, how do I work on my ball handling? Can you show me any drills? And I'm like, hmm, I can videotape it, but how do I get that to you? Do I want to, you know, join your Instagram, you know, list? Not really. I don't want to see what you're posting. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> do, I to, do I create a YouTube page? You know, it was like, it was really hard to share that information. And a lot of, a lot of us went through that. And we just didn't have that medium for uh, showing uh, the drills and, kind of exercises that we do yeah so i was like hey what if there was an app where we're just all in there and i don't have to say oh you know follow me on instagram and you see all my like me on the weekend you see me at the beach you see me at the pool then you get that one post of me having a workout you know i don't want people to have to filter through that this is just yeah. basketball so now i can say okay you want to see what i do here it is you want to see what he does there it is and then you can take the what fits you the most and you make your own little collaboration or workout off of that yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. It, it is a lot. And um, yeah. I, from the business perspective, you know, um, I love what you said. You said it took you five years because everybody yeah. swear it takes five days. Yeah. Five weeks. <laughs> I mean, no, it, just, it, it's, it just bothers me so much on social media. And again, I teach business full time. Mm -hmm. I've written two book, books about business. Yep. You know, so uh, I just literally released a release one in um December about business. Yeah. Um and I have another one. Like this is all I yeah. do. been in business for 20 years. I've never had this 
overnight success. I, yeah. I, I'm still trying to find it. Where did that happen? Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, so they 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 telling the people to go to college. Mm-hmm. It, it, like you know, I get it. You know, don't go to college and waste your money, but you can go to college. It's something to do because if you're running a business and I'm getting somewhere when it comes to your app, you went to college. And mm-hmm. I'm sure if you had some help with your app, this was people who went to college, right? Yeah, yeah. Help you with your app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and it yeah. still took y'all five years. <laughs> yeah, and we're still, we're still tweaking it. And it's not like where I see it should be isn't where it is yet. You know, I'm looking yeah. two, three, four, five years down the line when everybody's on it. Now we just have our core group of people who know about it. But getting the word, I like as an entrepreneur, you have to see down the road right yes. you can't just be like oh this is my app like with an app technically i could launch it not do a thing it'll be on the store but that's not what i want to do right that wasn't yeah. my goal my goal is to change basketball right like yeah. bring it into the future right open this is you know i'm big on community with this app like we're a basketball community we're sharing we're you know that's why that's why these other countries are getting so good so fast is because they share the knowledge we don't our trainers be like, come to me, come to me, come to me. This is what I do. And they won't tell anybody else. Yeah. Whereas the kid, the kid will bounce back and coaches have the nerve to get mad at uh, kids for going to different AAU teams because they're not learning what they need to learn when, you know, for them, they got to have their options open too. Right. So yeah. it's, it's, it's hopefully the idea is to put everything in one place. Um, but yeah, back to being an entrepreneur, like that's, that's the goal is just looking long-term with it. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like, I didn't think it would take this long, but I'm, I'm glad we got it out. Oh. Um, and now we know the grind and now we know the tweaks. We know what people like. So, yeah, it's it's but it's fun. Though. You coming around the corner for me because I was about to ask you, like, um, five years in now, what would you do differently knowing what you know now after you got this information? That's a good question. Um, I think the hardest part is not knowing what I didn't know. Um, yeah. Thinking like I'm thinking, okay, as soon as I launch this, everybody's gonna like it. But it's like, okay, well, first, how are they gonna know about it? That's yeah. the most important thing, right? <laughs> so for me, I, I I use it. I'm in there. I see all the benefits. I'm like, man, this is dope. If I could just get you know him or her to look at it, I'm sure they would like it. So that's the biggest thing. I think I probably would have started marketing it a little bit earlier, but at the same time. Uh, finding my target audience was tough. I didn't want to just be all basketball. Sometimes you have people who just, you know, repost highlights on Instagram, things like that. I want mine to be very, very niche. Like, okay, this is for training. If you want to get better at basketball, you want to be a better trainer, you want to be a better coach, this is what the app is for. It's not necessarily for your your casual fan um, who just watches basketball, you know, when the tournament's on and stuff like that. It's not really (laughs) for that. Um, And then also making it, a training app and a social media app. It's kind of like a hybrid. So you learn a lot from it, but the community is only as good as the people that contribute to it. So yeah. with this app, like every time somebody posts a drill, it gets put into our drill library. So if I post something, you can see it. Be like, oh shit, AP got a new dribbling drill. This is dope. Check it out. Right. So anytime somebody posts it, but that's what makes it great is it can grow. Um, a lot of training apps will have their one couple or handful of trainers, and those are the only people that are contributing to that, right? But for this one, the whole community contributes. So as soon as I post something, everybody can see it. Somebody in New Jersey can be like, okay, that's what they're doing in Cali. I'm going to try to do that too, right? So, um, and that's how I think we all grow too. Yeah, I see that. I definitely see that as a benefit, you know, um, everybody just, because the truth of the matter is about business and people paying attention. They, you know, after a while, it's only so many tricks you're going to do with the basketball. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, (laughs) and the parents aren't as slow as you think they are. It's the mm-hmm. it's the trainer who makes them feel good, who makes yeah. them who really can, and I, and this being a, a business coach, full time business coach, certified business coach, I tell people all the time in sports and in anything you have coaches or managers, a lot of times sometimes they can't do what you do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's the person who's able to bring the best out of you. Exactly. You know, exactly. Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson couldn't hold his jock strap. Yeah. But Mike said, I'm not playing unless I'm playing for Phil. You know, I'm if right, I'm right. Be here, I'm out. You know what I mean? Same with Kobe, same with Shaq when they when they yeah. had like so he couldn't play like those those players, but he knew what to do to bring it out of them. And so That's the so parents true. respond to that as well. So if that kid is like, I'm going to go see Coach AP, yeah. it, they gonna probably see the same drill somewhere else. Right, right. Yeah, you're they, exactly they right. They put on for you though. They the, the yeah, kid put on exactly for you right. and not for the other person. Yeah, and I, it's weird that that happens, but it's how people respond. And I, 
for me as a coach or the trainer, like I'm not cookie cutter, right? Like I'm not just going to say everybody's doing this shit, right? No, it's like, excuse me for my language, but um, yeah, I'm more of, okay, this is this person. And you got to treat everybody different. That's what they say Phil Jackson was so great at. He knew what yeah. buttons to push for each player. It wasn't the same for everybody. And you got to do that as a trainer and a coach too. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, this is different. Now the cool part with the app, you have an idea of how I train because you can see it before we even talk to each other. You can see what I do. You can see the type of drills I do. You can see my temperament. You can see the groups I work out with. You can see all that. And then when, yeah. let's say you do decide to work with me, then you have an idea going into it. Because I know a lot A lot of times, one thing that was hard as a trainer for me, business-wise, personal, or in, in specifically, is um, getting new clients, right? And a lot of times I had to say, okay, you need to take a free session. If you like it, then, then you know, then we'll, we'll get on, we'll sign you up. But that free session, I should be getting paid for that one session. It's still my time, right? Yeah, yeah. So now with having... With having the app, you already have a general idea. So yeah. day one, day one, you know what to expect. You don't have to check my reference for nothing because you, you see it. You come to me day one, we start working. There is no feel out process or, oh, I don't know if I like it. It's like, nah, you've already seen it. You know what I'm saying? So as a trainer, it helps me a ton business-wise. You know, speaking of which, um, you've been around this for a long time. A new trainer, what would you, mm -hmm. what some advice would you give to somebody who wanted to train basketball-wise? Um, that's a, that's a real good question too. I would say a lot of people, a lot of trainers will just gas up kids just so they can get them to come back. And I think you have to be real with real with your clients and be realistic with their expectations. You got to be upfront with them. You can't just do it. Oh, this makes them happy. Or the parent likes this drill. A lot of people will do these crazy drills because they, you know, they look cool. They see it online, but it's like, nah, we got to start with, I always start with the fundamentals, no matter how good you are. Like if, if their coach goes right into doing tricks and stuff like that, I would stay away from them right away because <laughs> everything has to have a foundation. You know, it's cool. You know, it's, it's clickbait. They put all the stuff that they do on there. But if you go to a coach and they go straight into that without teaching you footwork, without teaching you shooting technique, without teaching you um, just basic ball handling, I would stay away from that. Yeah. You know, you need the coach to set that foundation. Maybe it's just one your first session. Okay. Maybe at least I know he can do it because you have to you have to know that right away, right? But I think as a trainer, you gotta find as a kid, you gotta find somebody who will, you know, teach you the fundamentals first and foremost, knowledgeable. Um, sometimes you'll get the trainers who maybe didn't play, but they're great trainers. I when I coached high school, my um a guy I coached with didn't really he played in high school and that was it, but he's very, very knowledgeable about the game. So yeah, you can all you can always check, you know, just asking questions. You gotta ask questions, see what they know about it. Um, resumes are always good, seeing what what where people play that, that helps because if you see they played at a, a school or for a coach who maybe, you know, there's coaches out there who I saw on Instagram yesterday, there was a team that shot like a hundred threes in a game. And I'm like, you know what I mean? If you have a coach that, you know, is coaching those type of players, it's like, maybe this isn't for free or, or good for me or whatever. Yeah. So it's just fine. It's, it's, and it's tough because there's so many, there's so many of them now. There's so yeah, many yeah. everybody so can do it. Hard right? to say like, okay, how do I know this guy for me? For me? But I said, have that conversation with the person first, make sure it's genuine. You know, it's, it's not, it's, you're, you're not coming to train with me because it's going to be fun. Like, that's not what we do here, right? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, if you, you know, it'll be fun, but you gotta, you gotta work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of trainers, um, and unfortunately just, will just try to make kids happy and grow programs just so they can, you know, pat their pockets, but you know, you got to sift through that. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand that. I have an acronym. The, the star of his acronym is called stand mm -hmm. tall and reclaim victory every day. So what does that mean to you thinking about your life, thinking about your journey, thinking about where you're trying to go? What does that acronym mean to you? Stand tall and reclaim victory every day. I think it's just a self-confidence thing. Basketball, I think, is one of the best ways to learn self-confidence in yourself. Um, mainly because you get into it, what you get out of it, what you put into it, right? So standing tall, I would just say is like, okay, I'm confident. I'm me because I know I put the work in. A lot of people Confidence can be built. A lot of people don't know that. But if you do something enough over and over again, you get good at it. When you're good at it, you build confidence in yourself. When you're confident, when you have confidence in yourself, even walking down the street, you can tell when you walk by people if they look down or if they look up at you, right? Yes. Yes. Right away, you can tell like how they feel about themselves. Just general, you know, everyday life, you can tell, like, okay, this person for whatever reason. 
they don't walk with their chin up. They put their head down when you know certain things are going around. So that's what that's how I look at that. Um, and then with the victory part, reclaiming victory, I like that a lot. But I just think it's it's winning the day. Like for me, I try to like I do like an audit before I go to sleep at night. Like, okay, what did I accomplish today? Um, because you can get better at something every single day. It doesn't have to be, oh, you know, I signed this deal for X amount of dollars. I made a partnership. It's like, no, you can get better at something every single day, whether that be when I'm in the gym, did I do one more rep? Did I try a little bit harder today? Okay, did, um, shit, did I make my daughter, did my daughter like her lunch today? Shit, stuff like that, you know what I mean? So there's yeah. stuff you can get better at like every single day. And I think that's important as far as, you know, personal life, basketball, whatever, business-wise, like, I like reading, like, okay, did I read, you know, and it could be a page, I don't always sit there for an hour and, you know, read and, like, dive into it, because I might not have the time, but did I do something today to better myself than yesterday, yeah. so, you know, you know, I think that's really important, for sure. Says he like reading, so I gotta make sure I have my assistant send you um, a, a yeah, send me, yeah, read them. yeah, I gotta make sure you get that. Um, yeah, I, hey, listen, you, you hit it on the nose. We, you know, I, I, I always tell people, I started back reading about seven, eight years ago, but I w- really wish I would have never stopped. Oh uh-huh. my God, that's such a superpower. And it is. I kids, started late. Man. Man. I, 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 when I tore my ACL, I was reading because I couldn't do anything else. Nothing was on TV and I'm just in bed. Like, yeah. you know, I, and that's when I started, I read a book called, um, Lone Survivor, and it was a, they made a movie out of it actually about this deal gets captured all that stuff. But um, one thing I loved about those kind of books are the training they go through. I love yeah. like like David Goggins, like I love Navy SEAL books, man. I don't know what it is, but hearing <laughs> about what they have to go through and the mental toughness of it, I ran the, the half marathon a couple weeks ago out here. But um, and I read David Goggins' books. He's like an ultra marathon runner, but it just mentally like what it takes to get over things because you could do anything. That's what that's one thing you know. It's underrated, but like people say it all the time, put your mind to it, you can do anything, but it's true, man. It's yeah, like, yeah, I, and I, I think, I agree. yeah, it, it's so true. And I hate saying it because everybody kind of says it, but it's true. Like I would have never thought when I was playing ball, um, high school, college, even, and I went to college, I had a computer major. I would never would have thought that I would start an app uh, <laughs> or even have a dream of changing how basketball is. I would have never thought that, but yeah. as I started thinking about it, it became more real. I set little goals for myself and um, it just became, once it became real, now it's like, now we can push. Right. So. It's, it's, it's you're absolutely right. Um, and you know, I, you got somebody, if you can look right there on, the, on my, on my top, uh, you can see a picture with me with Debo Samuel. Oh, dope. Yeah. 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 But that, if you look, I'm, that's me with all the Niners. Oh wow! Once in upon once upon a time, I was a photographer, right? And, um, I'm still you never not a photographer, but I you know um, <laughs> do it for money like that no more. But I did that full time, and I've worked with some of the most amazing individuals in the NBA, the NFL, WNBA, the Amtrak <laughs> train company, Save the Children. Yeah. I've been all over the world with the camera, and I only picked up a camera in 2008 when my daughter was born. I oh, never yeah. thought. That I was gonna ever have to do it for money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, if I had to do this in college, I've been rich. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You yeah. know, I just had a two thousand dollar camera and I sold it to my pastor and he gave it to me, he gave it back to me two weeks later, said, I want you to use it. And I said, All right. And I, after that, I became a photographer. Wow. I never knew that I was it was gonna change my life the way it did. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. put me in a position to be a business coaching or some of the other things but I never I mean people used to ask me when I would come to function with my daughter she's little and I got my big old camera and they're like oh can you do it well I don't do that that's not what I do yeah yeah right (laughs) but get my back against the wall and I'm like this is all I got and again I sold it you know and then like nah I use I'm like you know what let me see and it changed my life but I never thought in my wildest mm-hmm. dreams, I used to look at photos and I was like, man, ain't no way I can get a photo like that. And right. if I show you my portfolio, you'd be like, oh, wow. Like, cause I've like Asia Wilson, I've did her, I did yeah. her Nike shoot. You oh, know? Dope. So, yeah. Like it's those type of things that I was able to do. I would have never in my wildest dreams thought. So I'm with you when you say that type yeah. of thing, like, you know, okay, my back is against the wall. I'm gonna try to do this. Hey, it's this or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, a ma- magic came out, out of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, magic came out of it. So you know, yeah. uh, we don't want to have to put you. We're not saying that you got to get with your back between you know against the wall in your right. place <laughs> all the time for you to bring no greatness out. But at the same time, just know that you can do that without having to go through no struggle. And you know, um, it's gonna be some struggle, but it's the it's good struggle and it's bad struggle. It is. I agree with that. Yeah. 
and it makes you appreciate it much more. Um, like me, like I, I celebrate everything. I'm very, very big on that, man. Like um, any chance, because life is so hard. Um, there's so many things that could go wrong that when something goes right, you need to acknowledge that because it's not easy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, you go out all the time. I'm like, well, not necessarily, but if there's, if I can celebrate something, I will because it's, it took a lot to get here. For me to launch the app, like took years to get there. <laughs> was just like you know weight lifted but also put right back on my shoulders so I'm like now it's real right so yeah. you know so you gotta you gotta you gotta give yourself flowers some sometimes too right um I think because we do put in the all lot the time work. you know all what I mean all the time man yeah we gotta, yeah, we, yeah we gotta normalize Nobody, yeah exactly we gotta normalize that we we're so busy waiting on somebody to give you you know yeah. your flowers before you you stamp yourself and mm -hmm. I felt that way. I became a motivational speaker first. Um, and I, I remember when my friend gave me an opportunity. He's literally, um, he's in Atlanta. He called me in Atlanta to speak. He created a nonprofit. And I, I was bit by the bug because he knew my story. Right. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to give anybody a chance to wait and like to tell me or deem it if I should get paid for speaking because I, I knew I was dynamic at it. From right. the from the jump, I did it the first. I did two two times straight. Did it in the morning and the afternoon. That second one, we I, they went crazy. It was at Georgia State University. They went crazy. I said it was one of the most amazing feelings. And again, right. I we used to like to talk in front of people like that. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, behind behind the scenes, yeah, I'm good. But I said what? And I did it. I said, <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not going to wait for nobody to tell me. So I created my own scenario mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me to speak, and I charge from the door. Like okay. We got this, we got this, we got this, and it's $50. Yeah. And you just got to deal with it. That's what right. that is. <laughs> yes. And they paid. Yeah. I had 100 people show up the first time. Yeah. It's great value. Yeah. And after right that, away. it was just a done deal. You know, I knew what people needed. I got the partnerships, right? I said, okay, I'm giving more, giving out a lot. Okay, you're going to get this, people. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. But you're going to get me, and I'm going to keynote, and I'm going to have three or four other speakers, but it's going to be me, the one you're going to see at the end. Yeah. I don't think I did so great the first time. I'll be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about you know 150 down now at this point, and I, I'm you know it was what it was, but I wasn't planning on waiting on somebody to deem me important enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. give give yourself all the props you need to, and yeah. and let people hear you tell them this is how you come around me. You come yeah. around me giving me props, not from a conceited space. Yeah. But, hey, look, I, look, this is what I did because it's not easy. It's not yeah. easy to create an app. Absolutely, it's crazy. <laughs> like. Nah, I'm, like, yo, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of you. Like, yo, that's what's up. <laughs> you know what yeah, and and the thing is, like, like I was gonna say, Nas has as the same says, I'm my own cosign. Like, yeah, I don't need nobody else. Like, I'm my own cosign, right? So if I'm saying this app is dope, then it is. Yeah. Um, and and for me, it's like there's not many black people in tech. So for me, that's another reason. Like, we're afraid of it for whatever reason, but we can do it, right? So like. If, if, if it's me doing an app, which leads to something else or inspires somebody else. So I see a lot of people just like, wow, you did that. I'm like, yeah, you can do it too. Like there's so many people who are out there who will say, oh man, I thought of this app or uh, this would be a good idea. And they just never follow through with it. I don't yeah. know why. Um, and you just can't be afraid of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, some people are just not set to do it. And I don't think that they should all the time because yeah. it's, it just saturates. <laughs> no, it's, it really does. I, I met a woman yesterday that said she wrote 58 books. Damn. And I said, okay, now on one hand, that's a lot. That's so on the other hand, that's a lot. And you're, yeah. <laughs> you're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not moving the needle. Like you're, you're oversaturating what yeah. it's like to be an author. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And yeah, so yeah. for me, I'm like, I know my books are powerful. I know I've sold a good amount for an independent, you know, author. I mean, very, very well, you know. And I'm sitting there like, this is not something that people do all the time. But right. they listen to you. You just, you figured out how to do it. You just throwing books together just for the sake of saying it. I'm like, it's mm -hmm. nobody that's written 58 books that shouldn't be self-sufficient right. at, at a certain space. So you're making it look real tainted. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And so I don't That's want nobody to create an app just because they got some money mm -hmm. to pay to get an app and then like 50 other people do it. And they're like, oh, it ain't that. It wasn't all that. Because mm -hmm. they did that in photography. I know people yeah. that's, you know, had, you know, uh, big jobs and corporate jobs and they're going to try to buy the same camera I got because you got $5,000 to just to right. buy it. Right. So you want to get exactly what I got, my $5,000 camera, because I do $5,000 level work. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you got it, and now you're telling everybody else, well, it ain't that. I got that camera too. Well, if he shoot that crappy, and yeah. I'm shooting like this, what is what is it? So right. we, we got to weed those people out, man. And and I, I feel it. I'm like, it's a job for everybody. Yeah, stay yeah. over there if you're not serious. Because if 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 you are, then we're sharpening each other's blades. Right, right. Playing, then you do watering it down. Same with your your um. I would tell you after a while, once you get to a certain point, I'm sure you're gonna have a filtering system of who yeah their trainings on yeah. Hooper because if it's not. Hooper qualified. Right. Yeah. All we have a whole that's that's our second version. It's got as a certification. Like you, you Come you're on. gonna put your stuff out there. You know, you got it's gonna be similar to that that Instagram check. It's gonna be yep. a little H fire. Like okay, that's, you that's wanna, me you knowing business. Flood it because you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. me knowing business because yeah. I, I don't know that business, but I know enough about yeah. business itself to know like at some point you got to make sure it's a certain level of individual mm-hmm. that gets on Hooper. Yep. And you know, it's a quality control. Is that's all it is? Yeah. Quality yeah, control. Yeah. So you gotta make sure you have that quality control department the way you know, the kids are saying Hooper is good, or other people are saying Hooper is good, and I got this, and and that and then you keep it not from being it don't have to be a hundred people. You can have yeah. the best 15 trainers, or you can have 50, one from every state. I'm getting yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> trainers from every state or two from every state. So that's because that's why it's a hundred. So if you you getting a lot. But you're still not oversaturated. It's the quality and- for sure. And that's that's what I'm seeing a lot. And that's another reason we did it too. Because Instagram, you just see people do like, you know, stuff to get clicks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's not it's not worth it. And there's so many of us who really want to like learn and feed off of it and like get yeah. motivated by seeing other people. I get motivated about seeing other people work out. My wife did a, a, a dry triathlon for her uh fitness class yesterday and i came home and worked out right away i'm like okay this is, this is what it takes so like you know what i mean yeah so yeah hopefully yeah with the app same thing like you see it you see quality drills you see people that you know that are in there we have like you know one of my one of my uh good friends one of my partners with the trains the kid out of usc and we put all those drills in hooper so you want to see what they do at division one in the off season and he started they lost in the tournament what two weeks ago yeah, he's yeah. already in the lab working on next season you know yeah. what I'm saying? Didn't take any time off. Landed, got straight back. They played in Vegas. As soon as they landed, he was back in the gym the next day. And you want to see it. what he's doing in the gym? You got to go to Hooper and find out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, look, there's no better way to close. He, just, he said, you got to go to Hooper and find out. Tell them how they can find and download Hooper right now. Hooper, go to, you can either find it in the App Store um, or the Google Play Store. Just search Hooper, H-O-O-P-R, or go to our website. That's www. The Hooper, T-H-E-H-O-O-P-R.com. And there's a link straight from there. You could download the app as well. So as soon as you go to the website, first thing you see is download for Android, download for uh, iOS or whatever. Click on that, take you right to the store and download it. Listen, y'all go ahead and do that. If I'm watching this, you'll see it on the screen. Uh, what's your social media so they can follow you and see what you do? Social doing? media, uh, Instagram, it's a um, personal one is AP12. That's A-Y-E. P-E-E-1-2. And then our Hooper, uh, I highly suggest you follow that because we put a lot of great content on there. Um, it's Hooper, H-O-O-P-R underscore basketball app. So definitely Listen, go follow us on there as well. I love it, man. Listen, it's been a great conversation and you in Vegas, so we're going to be connecting a whole lot yeah. more. This little boy of mine running around playing basketball. So, you know, we, we I'm, I'm had to run him through you. Yeah, for sure. Beat up on him a couple times. I need it. Yeah, beat up on him a couple times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure he 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 ready to go. But no, man, yeah. I really appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you know your innovativeness and what you what you're doing with the app. Um, we will support and how however, however we can partner up and whatever we can do to support you. Keep us fine, man. We we're going to see each other very very soon around the city doing some more things in the basketball circuit. Yeah, you'll see us at camps. You'll see us at all the tournaments this summer. So you'll you'll see either me or you'll see the the, the card with our little QR code on there. So um, you'll see us somewhere. No problem, man. Listen, brother, thank you so much again for giving me some time. And you guys, y'all already know what we do over here. Check us out, www.iwonstarve.com. Go to the Instagram page, and it's at Starve Talk, or go to the YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Starve Talk. Follow the YouTube page, subscribe, click the notification bell so you can see what we're talking about. You'll see me talking about business. You'll see um, the, these interviews right here, as well as on the Starve Talk website. Go to that. 
And hey, man, we're having a great time doing this and meeting new people and and this exposure thing and this taking it to another level. So you guys stay on. As I said, it's another dope interview because we got nothing but dope people coming through here. You guys remember to stand tall and reclaim victory every day. That's what we do. That's not just what we're doing. That's what we're selling. We're selling motivation, inspiration by hearing these amazing stories by people who live in real lives. Not a lottery ticket. It is a way to get to the top but you're going to have to work for it. It's been your boy, Jay Halim. I'll see y'all next time.